it's not a complex concept, uh, but at the same time, it's powerful. So that's that's the beauty of it. Blockchain is everywhere. We first heard of it 13 years ago when Bitcoin cryptocurrency began to rise. But today, there are multiple uses attached to this technology. That's why we hear about it so much. Uh, combining data, combining artificial intelligence together with blockchain makes a huge ecosystem which has a lot of uh, potential in itself, uh, not only in terms of digital transformation, but also um, you know creating data as products, digital assets, uh, digital platforms, which can be later on um, you know shared with uh, the rest of the industries as well. At Globant, we help companies around the world reinvent themselves and find their way forward through digital and cognitive transformation. We help them create a way forward. Welcome to Unscripted Tech, a Globant original podcast about the trends that are changing how the technology game is played and about what we do with them. My name is Rebecca Reed, and I'm a digital marketing strategist at Globant. Over the next six episodes, we'll be talking about technology trends that are changing the game for companies across all industries. Each episode will feature conversations with Globers from around the world, disruptors, trailblazers, and igniters that will channel innovation and creativity to provide a better understanding of what comes next with each of these tech trends. Let's dive in. On today's episode, we're discussing blockchain, a sort of digital ledger with a huge amount of records. What is blockchain exactly? And what is the market doing with this technology that everybody's talking about? What I would highlight on, on blockchain, let's before go into details, technical details, it's it's that it's a it's a ledger, no? It's a, it's a way to uh, record transactions in a way that is decentralized. So basically, that that decentralization and having a ledger that can be shared among different organizations and different parties is what makes uh, blockchain real and what makes a, a difference. Alvaro Gorepe is a technical director at Globant. Born and raised in Uruguay, he now lives in Seattle and has been working at the company for seven years. He states that blockchain is his passion. But wait, let's take a step back. Before we dive in, we really need to understand blockchain in a nutshell. So uh, it is basically a software-based system which uh, provides a provision of, uh, which provides an area of, uh, you know, uh, trust for different stakeholders that can contribute together um, and they rely on each other through, through a shared mechanism. Avijit Dutta is also a technical director at Globant. He is surely equipped with the knowledge to teach us Blockchain 101. He emphasizes trust. We can use blockchain tech to validate transactions when we don't have a third entity like a bank or a stock exchange. According to him, there are three pillars that hold the autonomy of this system together. There are different ways of achieving consensus, uh, but there are three key aspects, according to me, which makes blockchain technology uh, stand out different. Uh, one is transparency. Second is uh, immutability. The transactions cannot be cannot be rolled back. And the third one is non-repudiation, which means if someone is committing to give some money to someone else, uh, that that guarantee cannot be non-repudiated. So these three uh, key areas, I believe, uh, are, are, are the most important for, for a blockchain technology. Now we need to understand what makes it particularly secure. It is not cryptography, a method of protecting information and communications through code. 
it is hashing. But then what makes it actually secure? Um, it is nothing but the, you know, the cryptography, which creates a, a, a proper mechanism where uh, you can uh, you can trust multiple parties within the within the ecosystem. So cryptography is not, is, is not a new concept. It has been there for generations now. Um, but then cryptography also uh, came up with a, you know one, one unique way, which is called as hashing. Um, and and the, the unique thing about hashing is it can convert any variable length data into a fixed length output. So which means you you, you can convert predominantly a small uh, you know a small file or you can you can convert a large chunk of data uh, just just using a fixed length output and this is definitely very much powerful the reason why it is powerful is mainly because uh, uh, as as i was mentioning previously of uh, the, the, the immutability aspect and the non-repetition aspect they say hashing is like making a smoothie it is super easy to put different fruits together into the mixer, push the button, and enjoy a nice beverage. But it is impossible to go back once we've mixed everything up. Abhijit explains it like this. An other advantage which hashing provides is you cannot really uh, you know, go back to decrypt the data. So, and that is where hashing as a principle differs from encryption. So in, 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 in encryption, you can encrypt the data and then you can decrypt the data. Uh, but in hashing, what happens is there is always a forward, uh, I mean, forward uh, transaction where you can just convert the data. It can be any data, variable in data into a fixed length output. And other important factor is, you know, um, the avalanche effect, which means uh, if you change even a bit of the input data, it is going to have an avalanche in the output. And this specific property makes the technology, uh, you know, more robust and fault tolerant, uh, which means, let's say, if anyone uh, is trying to tamper the data, as Elver was mentioning, that would not be possible because it is going to change the output uh, considerably. And then when you have multiple blocks, so each block stores not only the hash of, the, of its own, but also it stores the hash of the previous block. So which means if you have to uh, I mean, let's say if, if there is an attacker which attacks the system and changes the um, data, uh, he will have to do it for all the uh, succeeding blocks. So, so that, that is something which uh, makes this technology pretty much powerful. So now we kind of get it. We have an extremely safe technology that we can use to secure exchanges like cryptocurrency transactions. And it was Bitcoin that started the conversation. Well, it's the first uh, concept that we used in blockchain and, and uh, well, Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency on top of a blockchain. Ether, it's a cryptocurrency based on a blockchain that is Ethereum. There are basically digital currency. So um, they are represented as a token. It's, it's one specific way, uh, one specific use of blockchain technologies. And the most common one, but it is one, one of the specific use cases. Uh, and that transaction ledger that we talk about, uh, when uh, person A transfers something to person B, that can be a token, that can be a cryptocurrency, and can that can represent value. And that are basically what cryptos are. Nowadays, cryptocurrencies are not the only ones benefiting from this tech. There are both public and private blockchains, and this can lead to multiple uses.
Yeah, so uh, in general, we're talking when we're talking about blockchain, we directly or, or first the first initial thought is to go to the public ones, the Bitcoin, the Ethereum ones that are the well, Bitcoin is one that could finally uh, introduce the concept. But those are those are a subset of of the different solutions that we have in blockchain. Um, in particular, we have three main types, three or four main types of of blockchains. The the public ones, there are the ones that we just mentioned, like Ethereum, Bitcoin. And on those, uh, basically anyone can be can be part of the network. No, so it's a, it's a public it's a public blockchain. Anyone can can be part of that. Anyone can sign uh, blocks. Anyone can uh, be part of the mining process. So um, it's public for everyone. But there's another concept that is called a private one. You can create your own uh, blockchain. is only a technology. So at the same time, you can build your network in your organization. You can deploy a blockchain solution and create a permission-based blockchain where you can specify which is the one that it's being able to uh, verify nodes, which one is the, what is the consensus mechanism that's behind it. So you can customize it the way you want it inside your, your own organization. So we have been seeing it in the finance sector for, for a while, and of course with cryptocurrencies in particular, but also the way that we think transactions across borders and even banking transactions, all of that has been... Um, disrupted by, by blockchain as a technology, but going to other industries like um, healthcare, healthcare with the with the availability of having there are still things to do with information of change and on chain, uh, but healthcare uh, with health records in the in the blockchain giving more control to the person to the the individual on who is able to access their health records or how that those health records get. Uh, increase over time. That is an uh, an amazing field to explore, and, and there's has been many uh, progress in that area in the last couple of years. For sure, I think I think I, I agree with you on the fact that uh, uh, blockchain as a technology, I don't I think it, it it is not any specific industry which is not touched by blockchain or will be impacted by blockchain. Um, and definitely, there would be different levels of uh, adoption per se. And uh, like you said, I think supply chain in general, whether it is supply chain finance or it is supply chain uh, commerce, I mean, all of those things are going to be definitely taking a, a lot of, uh, you know, advantage of this technology or distributed ledger technology in general. Um, but according to me, um, financial sector is one area which is going to be getting the most benefit out of it, mainly because when we talk about, you know, any kind of intermediaries in between whether it are whether those are banks or any other intermediaries uh, where transactions has to be made uh, not not only within the country but let's say outside of the country and intercontinental transactions similarly um, other area where i which i could think of is uh, insurance where uh, uh, you know process i mean uh, uh, claiming the uh, insurance is going to be much more easier uh, using this technology because you, you you can find the authenticity of the uh, of the person who's claiming it and uh, of course using the ledger uh, they can validate if the transition is valid or not healthcare is another area which is going to be greatly benefited because uh, uh, different countries have different uh, rules um, in terms of compliances uh, it will be interesting to see how um, you know permissioned or federated blockchain technology can be used to uh, moderate the entire ecosystem for healthcare uh, and, and it can be personal healthcare, it can be uh, public healthcare and whatnot, right? So yeah, this according to me would be uh, the industries which will be greatly disrupted. 
Uh, and on top of that, there's there's a lot of potential where you start combining technologies. No, so and and that that is the beauty of of being uh, in a company like Globant, where where I, where I was able to have conversation with different customer that wants to, uh, and where we bring the value that it's basically combining um, combining things like IoT and blockchain. So IoT devices talking with the blockchain and doing automation based on the, on results on on the um, on the smart contracts so all of that brings uh, take the, the technology to a different level combining it with artificial intelligence combining it with uh, data and data process so uh, i think the, the possibilities are huge and you only need to think exactly um what is the business value of adding blockchain and, and not only blockchain but a decentralized approach to a, to, a, to a business problem or a business model. Uh, it's not only, hey, let's use the technology and that's it, we, next, next thing, but also how you how you think your your business model around something that is decentralized now and, and allows you different ways of, of interacting with your customers or the customers between themselves. You might have heard that blockchain is so secure that it cannot be hacked. Is this true? Yeah, and, and about security and hacking, I. I I would love to take a step back and talk about something else before that, that it's because um, I, I want to relate it. Uh, that is basically a, a, the concept of smart contracts. And we, we haven't got into that. And I think that goes also into the security space. I, I'm changing the script here and changing the, the way the flow that this conversation goes. Uh, but it, there's a reason behind it. Uh, bear with me. Um, so we, we haven't talked about smart contracts and that that is what and we we have been talking about blockchain for for some time now and and blockchain as a technology for transactions and 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 how that enables transactions between parties what has make a difference in in terms of what, how we can apply the technology is smart contracts and smart contracts as a concept of code that lives in the blockchain and can be triggered based on transactions and produce outcomes allow us to develop things in top of the blockchain in a decentralized fashion. And that makes a difference. And that is a concept that Ethereum introduced, but now there's there are most of the blockchain or many of them uh, hasn't uh, allowed this this kind of uh, solution in top of them. And and also relates to the security con- the, the aspect and the security aspect. And, and that is basically your blockchain can be 100% secure. So in well, 100% is kind of tricky work, but uh, but Ethereum in particular, it's 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 super stable. Super, is I would say that it's almost impossible to hack because of the the blocks technology, but also uh, the volume of the of the of, of the amount of nodes that are part of the block of the blockchain. But that is not exactly true uh, regarding what you develop in top of that blockchain. So you you can have a vulnerable smart contract that your smart contract can be vulnerable. So that's that kind of relates to the to the how reliable or how secure it is everything that is there. So I I think I think you beautifully you know uh, combined the vulnerability with the with the the, the smart contract uh, thing because uh, see ultimately it's a digital contract right and whenever when whenever we are saying something which is a contract which means it has some legal implications to it putting legality into the ecosystem the the main, the main thing is how do you how do you ensure that something which is non tangible is reliable right so uh, 
as as you're mentioning right so virtually it is impossible to hack because of the because of the complexity of finding out uh, a new node or block in the and and getting that added to the to the blockchain itself but then there are there are few areas where you know this technology can be hacked other problem which which comes up is uh, double spend which means let's say if someone is making a transaction um uh, for buying a bike bicycle um but then the transaction would not be valid because you know that block where the transaction was being made was not correct and that is when you know uh, uh this kind of uh, this kind of attacks could could be making the entire system vulnerable but then there, there have been there have been enough and more um you know theories where uh, this this attacks can be counterfeited yeah on the on the 51% attack that you mentioned like let's let's consider it's, it's basically you know if you own uh, more than half of the miners for example in, in bitcoin you are able to control the blockchain is doable yes in theory uh, in practice it's not achievable because uh, owning half more than half of the miners uh, in bitcoin is physically impossible at this point of time with the with the volume of miners the volume of, of nodes in, in in the network it's, it's basically that the nodes that you that you need to own so in practice is not uh achievable so that goes a little bit more when you're creating a new blockchain and you're putting it out there putting it in public there's a period where there there's there's a vulnerability window, you can say, where you need to be careful, basically, because the, with the volume of amount of nodes, amount of machines that are behind that, uh, that blockchain is not high enough, that can be um, can be vulnerable to a 51% attack. So th- those are the main ones. And and what coming back to the smart the, the smart contract piece, so th- there are two sorry, there there are two ways of making vulnerable blockchain, not blockchain as a as a blockchain itself, there, but there are two vulnerability points. Uh, and one of them, it's the smart contracts, because basically if you are putting code and you put in a piece of software on top of the blockchain, that code can have a, a vulnerability that can be uh, used to attack you. So we've learned about the benefits of using blockchain, but as with every big technology, there are some concerns and drawbacks about it. Its anonymity can be a problem. Also, the huge CO2 footprint it leaves to generate these blocks we need a stunning amount of computing power and now with this entire decentralization system um, i mean the, the major challenge is consensus right i mean how do you trust uh, blocks right which is which are anonymous um, and at the same time uh, you are you are okay to make that transaction uh, with an with an assumption that uh, it is going to be legitimate and you know one of the criticism which uh, which uh, most of the people have especially on from the blockchain technology is the anonymity uh, i'm talking predominantly on the public blockchain side as elvaro was mentioning um and uh, there is the, the criticism is also in the, in, in the fact that uh, these anonymity or transparency uh, issues uh, can 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 also lead to some of the criminal activities where people can make transactions um, for non legitimate uh, purposes whether it is drugs or anything else um, there, there have been some studies which have found out that uh, criminals are also trying to be uh, going out of uh, the public blockchain because of the fear of uh, being uh, you know known in, in the public right uh, and maybe predominantly because they don't understand the technology pretty well um, but having said that I, i think coming back to the uh, consensus part 
uh, in a distributed or, or decentralized ecosystem, consensus is more important. And there are multiple ways of doing it. Uh, for example, Bitcoin uses uh, proof of work. Uh, Ethereum used to use proof of work. Now it is uh, more to uh, proof of stake. Um, similar to uh, Cardano, which is one of the largest uh, uh, distributed open source technology or proof of stake. Um, and then, uh, as Alor was mentioning, the third one is kind of debatable, which is more on the proof of authority, where um, you know you you set a, a group of moderators in the ecosystem, which will validate and make sure that the new blocks are added uh, based on their moderation. Yeah, you, and you you were mentioning protocol uh, consensus protocols, and that is where where it makes the difference. So uh, we, we and we were discussing this the, the other day that it's most of the blockchains or Bitcoin in particular and, and the early stages of blockchain has been starting with proof of work that it's a computing intensive uh, field, uh, sorry, a computing intensive process and that consumes energy. And by consuming energy, we are creating a footprint of CO2 that it's that is high. So uh, it, that is part of the drawbacks on some of those proof of work based um, blockchains. And that is why we have been seeing uh, more and more blockchains move to a different concept of, of, of consensus protocol, like like proof of stake. Um, Ethereum is, is in the process of Ethereum 2.0, that is proof of stake. Cardano, you mentioned, and EOSIO. So there's a bunch that are going that direction, that it's a protocol that is not based on computing power, it's based on stake, on how many pieces or how, how many tokens you own is what makes you able to certify and, and, and move blocks. So that, that is a step in, a right, in the right direction in terms of sustainability and, 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 that, and reducing that carbon footprint. Yeah, so that, 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 and that is key. So that, that is changing a little bit the, the ecosystem in general. Bitcoin will not change because it's, Bitcoin is by default is the way it works and it cannot be changed. But others... Um, are, are starting to evolve in that direction. As both of you said, blockchain can come in handy in multiple scenarios, even though today it is used mainly in the cryptocurrency world. But what do you guys think future uses are? The future forecast, according to me, is from a cryptocurrency perspective, it could potentially uh, replace the fiat currencies um, and stable coins. It, 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 would, it, it could come up with a, um, you know, a single currency across the globe uh, which can be agreed by multiple countries for transactions. Um, and acceptance would, would become a huge thing. But again, there's no single answer to that. There has to be a consortium of multiple banks, multiple governments uh, working together in order to make it happen. Because I believe everyone has started understanding the potential which it carries, uh, let alone the the bottlenecks, or I would say, uh, uh, the security aspects, which, which is definitely greater than uh, the other software-based uh, security uh, ecosystem which we currently have. So I believe this this technology is there um, is going to be there uh, for the future. Uh, combining data, combining artificial intelligence together with blockchain makes a huge ecosystem which has a lot of uh, potential in itself. Uh, not only in terms of digital transformation, but also um, you know, creating data as products, digital assets, uh, digital platforms, which can be later on, um, you know, shared with uh, the rest of the industries as well. I, I, I agree of everything that you said. I think that the decentralized technologies are, are here to stay and will keep evolving and will keep gaining more terrain and, and, and traction. 
um, on, on the on the financial sector, you you mentioned the um, cryptocurrency being more and more uh, accepted and uh, supported by countries. I think then I still believe that there's a, a next step in in securities and tokenized securities. I think that the, um, that market is something to explore and that will that will keep evolving. I believe that. Uh, the Nasdaqs of the future are the ones that are going to change into a, into a, in this in this space. But besides that, yeah. So the the, the other aspect that I think that the future will look like uh, and where we're heading is is in a greener blockchain technology. So uh, all this moving movement into into proof of stake and different consensus mechanisms that moves us away to heavily computational process to to certify blocks. It's what's gonna make this technology greener, and by greener, more adaptable, more more people will adopt it, and that that will start to gradually move uh, solutions into it. So right now, the transaction fees, uh, carbon footprint are still high. The, the the price is volatile, so it's it's hard to predict how much you're gonna spend in your new decentralized solution. Uh, that will stabilize, and when they stable, the next step uh, is going to be much easier to to take. So, um, I think those are the main areas of of future. No, it's it's making the, the ecosystem more stable, more adopted by more countries, more more regulations, and not only in the in the cryptocurrency space, but also in certificates or so being able to certificate your transactions. Uh, with a signature in a blockchain that is coming in, in different countries that it's already in place notary uh, process are being certified in blockchains already and all of that is going to keep evolving and by doing this with a blockchain that is greener i think we are we are get, getting the in the right direction and and what it's going to be uh the future here and, and i hope that it's going to be a, a technology can, that can transform some of our interactions so it's a it's a mix of where where I think we're going and I hope. Uh, so let's see how it goes. Exciting times. Wow, we've learned a lot about blockchain. What it is, how hashing works, how it's being used today, how secure it is, and also the challenges it presents for the ecosystem. It seems blockchain is shaping our future in a way that once we take the step forward, there's no coming back. While its decentralization and security make it an attractive system for other industries beyond cryptocurrencies, the seed of the blockchain seems to be sprouting its first shoots. The best seems to be yet to come. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more insights on Unscripted Tech, a Globant original podcast where we reflect on developments that will shape our future. To learn more about how we seek reinvention, go to Globant.com and follow our show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.